In September 2019, a small publishing house created a Kickstarter to get issue one of a new all-ages sci-fi magazine made. Now, six months later and three issues released, they're back and asking you once again to help support this adventure. Go to Kickstarter today and pledge on The Spark, the all-ages sci-fi comic magazine. Get issues one to four now and pre-order issues five to eight today. Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your hosts, David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadakat, and Tom Stewart. Anyway, go ahead. I'll just rattle through them quickly. So I had um, about time. About time. Uh, Donald Gleason. Uh, oh God, what's her name from the Notebook? Um, Donald Gleason and oh my God, what's her? She was in Doctor Strange. God, what's her name again? I've totally. Oh, Tilda Swindon? No, 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 no. The, the oh. love interest. Oh, God, what is her name? Why have I totally blanked on her name? Anyway, okay. About yeah, time. about time. Just a really simple Richard Curtis love story, but I just think it's the perfect movie. I haven't seen it. It's an absolutely perfect you movie. I'm a big fan of Is it Rachel? Rachel McAdams, yes, Rachel thank you. Oh, yes. And Donald Gleeson. Um, really? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a simple, sweet British film, and it's got, it's got time travel in it. Yeah. But not fucking way above board, you know, butterfly effect time travel. It's just nice and simple. It's just, it's almost, it almost reads like a kid's book. Okay. It's great. I absolutely love it. the poster of it is a rain and just yes. laughing. Yeah. The, the plug to that at cons, at Comic Cons, when that came in. Really? Yeah. Oh, because it was time con, travel? I guess so. Yeah. Yes. I remember looking at the poster and going, that's okay. not the usual. It's just a quintessential British yeah. film. Love it. Okay. Absolutely love it. I'm a big yeah. Richard Curtis fan, though. Not love actually, love actually, love actually. Yeah. Oh, that's a good film. Such a good film. Um, from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, uh, Robert, Robert uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Didn't know. I went into that film not knowing what it was. My mom had watched it. And George. And George Clooney. Yeah, I'm quite into it. Um, I went into that film not knowing what it was, and got told by my mom that it was just like a. She said to me, totally threw me off, and said it's just like a you know, gangster sort of thing. I went, all right, and watched it. And fucking hell, that film gets As the... Asama Hayek. Oh, yeah. Foot fetish to the max for Quentin Tarantino. Is that the vampire one? Yeah. Mm. That's the whole thing. I'm going right through it. It gets to the bar and everything. Yeah. I'm like, great. And then all of a sudden they turn into fucking vampires. And I'm going, <laughs> what the fuck is this? I got so confused. Ay, mamacita. Oh. <laughs> um, going down that route, um, his pal Quentin Tarantino, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Vol- volume 1. Volume 1, yes. Yes. It's a film to this day that I can still just show on any time and watch it from start to finish. Yeah. can quote it front to backwards. Absolutely love it. I like the animated scene, but 
Yeah, it's good. I wasn't a fan of a lot of the other stuff. That was the same uh, studio that did like Tekken Concrete mm. and uh, the bit in the Batman thing as well. Um, Gone Girl. It's David Fincher. Gone Girl, yeah. Ben Affleck. Uh, Rosamund Pike. Uh, glides. Oh, just glides. What a film. Absolutely beast in film. Loved that. Uh, Inception, you already said. Oh, yeah. Um, Truman Show. Mm, yeah. That's all right, yeah. Truman Show still to this day affects me yeah. psychologically. Yes, mm-hmm. you're in it, sort of thing. Yeah. I shit you not, to this day I still, there's a still a small part of me, even though that's that film still goes like, is this a step up? If it is, and I wish they'd pay me more for my <laughs> acting abilities. Um, you know, since they made that film, the, the whole reality TV thing mm-hmm. took off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't really happening when that film came out. No. Because I remember watching the Truman Show, and the scene that really struck me, it wasn't really the idea of it all being set up as a TV show. I mean, that was kind of interesting. But I just remember him where he's kind of realising yeah. someone isn't right, you know? Yeah. And then when exactly. he just stands on the road and he decides, and he's like that with the buses, yes. oh. and all the buses are just stopping. And I remember that clicked yeah. that idea of the whole world, somehow you're in the world, you know? Yeah. And it's all going on around you. It's kind of paranoia, isn't it? Yeah, it's oh yeah. Philosophical kind of. There was another. Is it all just set up for me? And people are going to talk about that idea because that's mad. Mm-hmm. They talk about how it, it was reality TV before and all that. There's another aspect. Are you really that. here? Are you real? <laughs> it's, I think Laura Linney in that film as well is unbelievable as his wife. Right, yes. And when she does that bit, he's, he's holding on to her. Yes. And she, she shouts at the top of her voice, like, it's just unprofessional! And he's yes. like, he looks at her and has to be what? like, what the fuck does that mean? You know what I mean? Yes. But he just goes to her like, who are you speaking to? She's like, oh, nobody. And he's just, oh, it's, oh, it's amazing. She does such a good job in that film. And she's like advertising this stuff as well. Like, I got you this coffee. That's right. It'll wake you up in the morning and keep yeah. going all day. Truman and he's just like, mm. yeah, okay. I've right. seen that film once and if I mind right, the audience that's watching them begin to get on his side, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, they're all on his side. Yeah. They're always yeah. on his side. Yes. Um... But yeah, it was such a good film. I saw it at the cinema. Yeah, and I was hooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it as a as a kid in the you cinema. You must have been young. Yeah. Mm. I went with a pal and his younger sister mm-hmm. and, and their dad, and all three of them fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And I was the only one sitting still watching it. Absolutely loved it. Good. Um, yeah. Moulin Rouge. Mm. No, I never saw that. Like Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it years ago. I'm a, I'm a big Ewan McGregor fan. I watch anything that's got him in it. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah he's got a very powerful singing voice as well it's really good the song at the end of that actually all drive me to tears most of the time it's really good I really like that um, mm. that's a can't remember his name the guy that does the films Moulin uh, Rouge uh, Romeo and Juliet oh yeah Australia. Baz Luhrmann Baz Luhrmann that's it it's a Baz Luhrmann joint right. I like that uh, he did that Everybody Wears Sunscreen song. Yeah. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Muppet Christmas Carol. That's one of mine. <laughs> Is it? Mm. One, of, one of the best Christmas 
films I've ever seen. Yeah. Great Gonzo is a good bit as well. It's played so seriously. Especially Michael Caine. It's the, the Muppets. Songs. Yeah, it's the Muppets, but it's played so mm. seriously. There is like the Muppet humour in it, mm-hmm. but it just is... I don't know, he just plays that's, it so straight. That's another one I cry at the end. Tiny Tim. Uh, you know, there's a small version of Kermit who yeah, plays yeah, Tiny yeah. Tim. Yep. And Michael Caine sees and... Yep. You know, and then at the end he's trying to convince the spirit in Christmas future that he's changed. Mm-hmm. And you're sort of thinking, hang on, it's... It's not actually going to go his way. Mine is uh, the bit that I always cry at is when uh, he sees he's passed with his, mm. um, his old girlfriend. You yeah. only get that on the VHS version. You don't get that on really? DVD anymore. Mm. They, they cut it from the DVD because they said it slowed it down too much for the kids. Oh, Load of rubbish. That was the best bit about it. <clears throat> and also it ties to the end song as well. So mm. if you don't have that scene, that end, that last scene in Muppet Christmas Carol makes no sense. Because you listen to the song and go... What? Where the fuck is that coming from? Yeah, I've still got yeah. it. Yeah, I uh, watch it every year. Um, oh, oh god, the song when Scrooge just comes walking in. Oh, just the entrance. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox <laughs> was on it, and uh, one film that undoubtedly, if it was, if it's on, it doesn't matter where it is in the film. I'll sit and watch it. Is Shawshank Redemption? Very good. I can't, I just... That's... That never grabbed me that way. Really? I enjoyed it. But, like, but that was it. It's funny, because... It, the, 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 the Great Reverence... It's become like one of the best films of all time, hasn't it? I mean, it's, it's accepted. It's IMDb's that. number one rated film yeah, of all time. and it's just... I mean, when it came out, it sort of bombed. And then yeah, disappeared. It did, yeah. And very slowly and built up. And just... And yeah. that was, like, absolute favourite. It came out on video, then suddenly... Yeah. People watch, oh, you have to watch, and then they become very, very popular and just build it from there. I never found from. it convincing. My mum my gave me a VHS of it when I was quite young. Right. And that's how I first saw it with no. Like, none of my friends had ever seen it or anything, you know what I mean? It wasn't a case of, like, everybody was telling me to watch it or anything like that. My mum just gave it to me and said, I think you'll quite enjoy this. And that was it, you know what I mean? I used to read my mum's. Video collection at the time, Air Force, shit, like Air Force One, plug it in McLean and shit like that. And I'd sit watching on them as a kid, being like, This is great. <laughs> Loved it. Liv Tyler. Yeah, and uh, Lord of the Rings, eh? Was, yeah. Uh, and Plunkett and McLean. Uh, what's what's his face as well? Um, Robert Carlyle. Yeah. And Johnny Lee Miller. That's Johnny it. Lee Miller. <clears throat> it was good. It was good film. But yeah, yeah, that's my. Uh, that's my mm. not, in any sort of order, but that's the top ten, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Cool. Well, I've got a list, but um, I'll save the very, very uh, last one. I'll be, I'll be quick. Um, first one on my list was a film called Disaster on Valdez, starring Christopher Lloyd and the late John Heard. It was set. It was based on the uh, events of the nineteen eighty nine. Um, disaster on Valdez when a ship full of oil ran aground on the uh, Alaskan coast. Actually, I was going to say just before Nando takes off, mm-hmm. um, we'd, we'd said about um, comic book films. Yes. What would you say your 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 most favourite one? Avengers. Would be Avengers, or, or something. And that's not not superhero. But 
Not accuracy when you see the stoned goat oh, no, dancing I, I, in Yangtze's tent. But that's not what, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I like the war rhino. He was he was pretty cool. Yeah. Do you know how the larger part, I think? No, I don't like you're a baller going, there's that's part. Oof. Love it. Fantastic. Great. So, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Sorry, I have to go. No, sorry. No, I can't look back. I'll, I'll catch see you up. next time. Maybe sure there'll be a list. Mm. Guys, see Stop. you later. Okay. See you, everybody. See you later. Bye. 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 Disaster on Valdez was based on a real incident, and had it been a Hollywood film, then you would have seen a scenario where John Hurt battles Christopher Lloyd. Thankfully, it was based on real. The characters never actually saw each other in real life. There was no battles, no nothing. It was all meant to be truth. Um, but it was, as usual, the truth is usually stranger than fiction. So if you ever get the chance to watch it, I would watch it. It's a small budget, and mm. it was sometimes grim because you know a lot of this happened in real life, including the drunk uh, captain on the oil tanker. So, you know, all the all the stuff that's in there, it's, it really does make you think. Cool. So next on the list is Seven Samurai, Akira mm. Kurosawa. Seven Samurai, yeah. yep, which is directly what the Magnificent Seven is based on. Uh, it's a group of farmers and peasants are being raided by the Nobuseri, who are bandits, and uh, they send people out to get seven warriors to fight for them. They return, um, they come there, and they... Uh, I don't know if I'd be given too much away by saying when they come back, they, uh, they beat the Nobuseri, but... Sadly, not all of them make it, so... It's basically a straight translation, straight, straight translation with uh, Magnificent Seven, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's actually, because it's a source material, that seems a lot more a lot more interesting yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, me. Totally, yeah. Uh, next on the list is Disney's Jungle Book. Yeah, whenever I see that, there's some scenes in particular I'm quite fond of. The next one I popped in for nostalgia's sake. I don't, I don't know if I'd have it in my top 50 favourite films, but The Goonies has some memorable moments, especially with Sloth. Mm-hmm. And that, that house, of course, that, that house that they try to sell now because the person who bought it didn't real, claims not to have realised that lots of pilgrims come in to see that house because it's a real house. Mm. Um, oh, I have Planet of the Apes, the Charlton oh, Heston yes, original. Yes, yes. That chase scene at the oh, very absolutely. beginning, because that that was really stuff like that was really ever portrayed in films where people saw humans 
in the complete opposite. They weren't in the driving seat. Mm. There's that brilliant scene where uh, Charlton Heston says, you're supposed to be the optimist, Landon. Why, look on the bright side. Mm -hmm. In six months' time, this is the best this planet's got to offer. We'll be running this place. Then they all stop silently and just look at the astronauts. There's something behind them. They hear this big roar, and all of a sudden, horses come out of nowhere, and they're running. You can't see what's chasing them at first until the moment after gunfire they see the horses coming in and one of them turn the one of the riders turns around and you see right there yep. gorilla's face yeah it's absolutely brilliant and the first film is the most merciless out of the lot because you see humans getting killed like uh, trophies and they can't speak and um it was an important so uh, I've, I've read the novels. Well, this was an important yeah. uh, talk, uh, uh, point about civil rights and uh, what would happen if the people on top had things reversed. It, it was brilliant. And the shock ending was good. It's such a shame on the DVD versions they put the shock ending on the cover for those who haven't... Yeah, what the fuck is with that? Yeah. yeah. I never, I've never understood that. Yeah. yeah. Next film on my list is Glory. It's the uh, Denzel yeah. Washington, Morgan Freeman, Matthew Broderick one. It's based on a real incident, a uh, real What's story. This? It's uh, during the U.S. Civil War, mm. and um, uh, the Buffalo Soldiers were African-American soldiers mm. who uh, fought for the, the, the North. And this shows their struggle. And these guys, they, in the end, these ones were sacrificed, basically, to take over a fortress in the South that was considered to be... Uh, prime target. Sadly, the fortress was never taken and the characters, including Matthew Broderick's, uh, died in the attempt. But this is uh, the training and the, the prejudice they had oh, to put well, up Matthew there. Broderick got an absolute beast in moustache. Yes. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have seen that. Yeah. I'm trying to I was trying to think of what it was. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen yeah. it, the DVD cover at least. I've never yeah. seen the film. It's but, worth yeah. watching it. It's, it's really, uh, really powerful in some bits. Yeah. Uh, these guys were supposed to fight for the nation that held them back. But then again, when you see what the other side was like, yeah, you, you know, if you had to choose a side, then you'd definitely go for the North. Yeah. Uh, sticking with Denzel Washington, the next film on my list is Malcolm X. Nice. Um, that Spike Lee film was, was really good. It was long. They were originally planning on having an intermission in the middle, but people liked it so much that they, uh, they just stayed in the cinema. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have Ice Age, the first one, on my list. Okay. Again, there's a couple of moments that have my eyes water, especially when Manny the Mammoth looks at the cave paintings and sees his family, and you, you know that this is a scene where his family gets slaughtered by the, the cavemen, yet he's got a cave baby mm. to give back to its, uh, to its family. Uh, there are three sad moments in there. Uh, the first bit is when the baby's mother dies. Diego is the uh, is the main villain in this. Yeah. And uh, then at the very end, when Diego betrays his pack and is is nearly killed by his old leader, then and, and tells them they they've to leave him behind, otherwise they'll miss the miss the humans. So it's it's actually I, I think out of all the Ice Age films, it's by far the best, mm. and it's also the one that's the most serious. Yeah. None of the others have sad moments. No, I can imagine. No. Um, Zany. Next film is my uh, first anime film in this list, Porco Rosso. Mm. It's the one. Uh, it's the one that was originally made as a ten-minute film by Studio Ghibli for Japanese Airlines, and later became a full-on film. 
Um, Michael Keaton actually gives the voice of Porco in the English dub, but I, I prefer watching the, um, the original Japanese. It's about an Italian soldier and the uh, uh, Italian Air Force soldier who doesn't die in a major battle, and as a result, he comes back as a pig. Well, soldier's body, but pig's snout. Mm. Um, it's a fantastic Studio Ghibli film. It's oh, well yeah. worth seeing. It's one of my favourites. I do like their films. Yeah. Hell's Moving Castle and Spirited Away. Oh, yeah. Spirited Away. That could have been up there. But this one is so good, I would put that in my top ten. Yeah. Maybe even my top five. They're good films. They're, yeah. They're, 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 I think... It's controversial to say, but I definitely think they're uh, better than Disney. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next film on my list is actually a Disney film, The Lion King. But um, if you're into your Japanese animation, then you know it borrows very, very heavily from Kimba, The White Lion. Yeah, yeah. In fact, so heavy that the two studios are in war with each other. So much so that The Simpsons made a joke about it. That's right. That bit the, 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 and it was even James L. Jones who did the voice. <laughs> James L. Jones does all the things in the sky... Uh, when Bleeding's, when Lisa's speaking to Bleeding Gums Murphy, uh, they all start, all his yeah. characters start appearing. It's like, uh, <laughs> Luke, I am your father. Uh, you must avenge my death, Kimba. I mean Simba. <laughs> this is CNN. <laughs> so the amazing thing is, Disney's excuse for it is that it's just a coincidence. None of our animators had ever heard of Kimba the White Lion, which I think is complete and utter nonsense. Yeah. It's like if you're uh, someone who studied royal history and you, you, you say to someone, oh, Richard the, the First, I never heard of him. I didn't even know there was a first one. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's how bad it is. But uh, the next film is a film that's been voted as one of the all-time worst films ever, but... It recently celebrated its 25th anniversary and it's made more money than it took to make. So it's actually a financial success and that's Freddy Got Fingered. I cried during that film, oh, but for no. other reasons. I burst out with tears when I see him trying to wank a horse off or trying to get under a cow and suck his nipples. <laughs> and think, how on earth is Tom Green still alive when those animals have trampled him on the enormous river of elephant cum that gets him and Rip Torn? <laughs> Poor Freddy! <laughs> But Rip Torn is hilarious in that. Anything he is. Rip Torn. Oh, Rip Torn is actually great. on the disaster of Valdez as well. He plays the general. But on Freddy Got Fingered, he plays the father. I know. It's hilarious. I, I nearly died watching that film. Me and my, one of my mates, we watched it in a 72-inch 20, high-definition flat screen and we went and got lots of McDonald's stuff and uh, I, I was chewing on a burger and I almost died choking because uh, it was the moment when uh, the little boy has an accident and his knees twisted around and his bones sticking oh, out no. and, and Freddy tries to lick it and Rip Torn goes, stop that you idiot nearly knocks him out and the, the thing that I always remember about that film, I've seen that far too many times, it's ridiculous is him going now, if you excuse me, I've got some work to do. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausages? It's so stupid. It's this wee character, the squirrel. Oh, fucking hell. It's such a shite film. And yeah, it's made more money than so it's many others. It's fucking awful. It's a huge cult following. 
And that it's it's like the it's like the uh, dark horse of my list. It it shouldn't be there. There is no point in that film. It. There is no <laughs> point to that film. That film starts with him skateboarding Horsey. for some reason, and then just suddenly descends into this fucking <laughs> myriad of shit madness from Tom Green that was just MTV's way of funneling his peddling his pish and his shit comedy, but. Oh my god, he's he's done something right because he made a fuck ton of money off of it. Yeah, I mean it's incredible. They thought it would never make money back, but it has. Especially on seen it? video. No, you've no, got to watch no, it. Oh no, I don't. Just once in your life, make sure you're not eating because you might end up always choking like I did. It sounds like the kind of film you'd either really <laughs> love it because it was so clever, or just no. <laughs> I think when they made it, they had to be on like they had to be on some fucking shit ton of drugs. Think of the title. I mean, for any well, remember the title and you go. I think that's I've been stuck there. It's so daft as well because it's a fucking thirty-year-old man that gets put into care because he says, "Oh, you know, my dad fingered him," and they're like, "Oh, we'll take care of you," and treating him as if he's like a small boy, and he's a thirty-year-old guy, and he gets put in a a care home with a bunch of children. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" It's awful, and that's not even Tom Green's character. He's the one that should be put away. Right. Oh. Next on my list is an actual classic and would easily be one of my top ten, possibly American top five. Pie or something. It's not American for a start. It's Lawrence of, Al- of Arabia. Of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia. You were so close to saying it. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is that uh, a lot of the characters in that didn't exist. They're actually combinations of characters, so... So you'll have like um, Shari Fali, who uh, who uh, Omar Sharif played. Omar Sharif, yeah. He's actually a combination of various people. Uh, two of them called Ali, incidentally. Um, he represents what the Arab nobles thought of Lawrence. Uh, there's Drayton, who's the uh, army intelligence. He's what the combined army intelligence thought. And then there's Brighton, not to get those two confused. He's what the middle class soldiers thought. So there's a lot of characters where actually combinations of classes within there. There's a lot of dispute going on as to how how accurate uh, T.E. Lawrence's uh, Pillars of Wisdom is. Yeah. But regardless, that film is fantastic and Omar Sharif's entrance is one of those classic moments in the whole yeah. history of cinema where he shows you just how much of an uphill battle Lawrence has to unite the Arab tribes when his guide has just been casually shot by soon to be his number one ally. Mm. And uh, as soon as he's shot him, he starts talking about, yep, I've done my schooling, I know how to speak English. And it's like, you just killed someone, and this is your, <laughs> you're now starting casual conversation. Yeah. Uh, oh, another thing is Alder, who Anthony Quinn played, he was based on a real person, um, bigger, larger than life person, um, who, unlike the film, loved getting his picture taken. But just like the film, killed 55 men with his hands and didn't even count Turks because he considered them not not worthy. Mm. The title, if he had, the, the number, if he had count Turks, would, would have been somewhere in the region of 1,000. So it shows you the, the contrast, um, contrast then. Um, Raging Bull is the next film on my list. Uh, that would easily be in my top 20. Another filmed in black and white, except for a small segment at the middle. It's... Uh, 
charts the life of the late Jake LaMatta, uh, middleweight boxing champion of the world. Fantastic. Again, Joe Pesci's in there. Um, De Niro. A French, well, I say French, uh, an, an old film called Tale of the Fox, which is the story of Renard the Fox, a trickster from folklore. It was, it was an animation, it's black and white. It was a Russian couple living in France made this film, so it's in French. And uh, it, you, it's a love or hate thing, because when you see the puppets they use, it's like they're stop motion, but possibly real taxidermied. Foxes and, okay. and chickens and so on. But the story is good. Uh, the music's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but and the story is pretty much the same as the original legend. And afterwards, in the 60s, Walt Disney was going to do uh, Renard, The Tale of the Fox, yeah. uh, for uh, an animated film. But he decided the character of Renard was a bit too devious because he is a bastard yeah. in this uh, one. So instead, he kept the characters and made it Robin Hood. That's why Robin Hood's a fox in his uh, Disney version. Um, uh, Full Metal Jacket, I liked. Uh, it was one of the few Vietnam War films where it was set in the city, where most of the fighting actually was. Yeah. Uh, and also showed the training in one half, and then the next half, the actual, um, the actual fighting. Yeah. Uh, like, like a lot of good films, it didn't end in a massive battle. It ended more in a philosophical uh, standoff. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange Glove and 2000, uh, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey were other films I quite like. Uh, when I was a teenager, I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first film. That first film, it shows you Michael Bay, who, like with all his explosions, does not match the original Shredder walking in there in front of all the, the orphans. He was 500 times more intimidating than anything there. Uh, on the new films. Yeah. It was brilliant. You see them there. We we were on awe when we went to the cinema to see that. Shredder is a complete maniac and he don't need CGI. Yeah. Uh, but the turtles were Jim Henson's creation. Yeah. Um, he passed away uh, around about that time, but he thought he was doing them for uh, a children's show. He didn't realise that they were violent because he was against violence. So mm. in the end, he, he didn't he didn't like the, the Mutant Ninja Turtle film. And there's a there's a hell of a lot of kung fu fighting in that film. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know what that says. Uh, <laughs> I made wee codes. codes. I made wee codes. And Bill, it's like Bill and, uh, Bill and Ted's the one above it, but B R H T I. Oh, now I know. Braveheart. Braveheart is one of the most inaccurate films possible. But as a film, standalone, forget history, it's actually entertaining. There was a mate of mine who was an extra on Braveheart. He was part of the, he, he used to be in the Irish Army, and they were hired as extras. Right. And he got to bear his behind in front of uh, Edward uh, Longshanks. But there's uh, at the end, you see Mel Gibson in stocks. He's like this. He's helpless. Yeah. And somebody, you know, somebody, you see these scenes, he gets really whacked on the face by some fruit and all that. Yeah. In real life, uh, the soldiers were there. They didn't like Mel Gibson. You know, he's chain-smoking. He was a prima donna. They yeah. hated him for it. So one of them had was like... Was it not him that made the film? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, he, he, he didn't write the film, though. It's an no, American no, no, tourist who wrote yeah. the film. Uh, but, but he had this... Well, one of the soldiers had this huge cabbage. And he says, watch me, I'm going to smack his puss with this. And Mel Gibson's helpless. He's going across there. And he just waited. I lobbed it right at him and it just split on his face. It was so good that they've kept it in the film. But as soon as they released Mel Gibson from the stocks, 
he took some sort of medieval cutting device and he says, see if I catch the fecker who, who chucked that cabbage at my face, I'm going to castrate him with this. He was not happy. Yeah. So, but, I'm sorry, but I just imagine somebody standing there in the middle of this whole yeah. thing going, what a smash his boss. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they, they all Full Hollywood them. production. Yeah. All of them being like, lights, camera, and action. And I'm, I'm more a scorner's boss. Mm-hmm. He, got, he got hit with an apple as well. Amazing. It's like no one would grass anyone up because they all hated him. But yeah, Bill and Ted's See, Excellent Adventures. My smart. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, my next one. Loved that first film. Me and one of my mates at school, we pretended to be Bill and Ted. I'm happy I remember Braveheart now. It's, uh, it's, it's, it does have that funny story to it. Smash this bus. Um, Watchmen, I put in just as a sort of like, um, yeah, I like some parts of it. Uh, Letters from Iwo Jima was the Clint Eastwood oh, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to see that in the, the big cinema in Glasgow. Did you watch the other one as well? No, I haven't. I actually got it on DVD. I got it as a prize. But uh, I've never got down to watch Flags of uh, Our Fathers. It's Jimmy Bell that's in there, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I just feel that I enjoyed Letters from Iwo Jima so much that I've not really been that quick to watch the other one. Yeah. I like seeing it from Japan's point of view. It's apparently really good. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it myself, but it's apparently really good. Um, King Kong from 1933 broke the mould. There's uh, a lot of scenes that were deleted and had been refound. Mm. There's uh, the scenario of how on earth did they film that special effect of King Kong going up uh, the, uh, the Empire State Building. Yeah. Um, uh, Richard uh, Willis O'Brien was the man in charge of the special effects, and he later trained Ray Harryhausen. I was going to say, yeah, um, I got I got a few Ray Harryhausen films, but the one I'd mention would be Valley of the Guanji, which was some of his best work. I liked him in the Sinbad film. Sinbad, he was fantastic, but Valley of the Guanji deserves a mention because sadly, although it's the fan favorite, the studio that took it over put it on a double bill with Hart and Porn, so kids couldn't get to see it. And the film didn't do too well in the cinema, but did a whole lot better afterwards because it's the one everyone remembers. So King Kong also played its music in tune with what was happening. A lot of films didn't do that. Some even had people playing piano on the spot. But uh, King Kong had a proper soundtrack. So if something jumped out, the the music would match that. Um, uh, Oh, Three Musketeers. All of our yes. Michael York versions. Well done. But it's the first well two, the first two uh, that I liked. That's it. Stop they, the list. They're there. so funny. Yeah, and they're brilliant. Stop the list there. That's it. That's all you need to say. Three Should have waited. Are you omitting the, the third one? Uh, the third one was all right. But it was the one. Uh, uh, I would I'll keep it in the list. But it's the first two I thought was so good. Uh, yes. The other ones I preferred. Yeah. Um, it's not to the extent of Godfather, because Godfather, I don't really count the third one, I'm afraid. When, was, when, when, when were they again? Uh, the 70s. No. Uh, the, the Musketeer ones were the 70s, but I think it was 89 or 89. early 90s for the, uh, the, the, the third yeah. one. Yeah, Tom Christopher Lee was in there, yeah. he was quite <clears throat> getting quite old. Uh, he yeah. was in there despite having been killed in the second one. Yeah, he, he had an injury, but he's a lot better at that point. Um, uh, he's good in Christopher Lee in his book... <laughs> Is good about those films. You know, you know, yeah. Christopher Lee's 
really pompous, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> really, he's yeah. full of himself, isn't he? Yeah. But he is great, so we'll let him away with it. Yeah. But he talks about making those musketeer films and like all of them reading everyone, you know, and he's he's drunk all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's he's younger than Christopher Lee, you know. Mm. So like they're sword fighting and everything, you know, and, and they're all like, you know, oh, come on, you old bastard, you know, and he's like tick 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 and then like twenty years later they're making the next one and all of the reads fucking wrecked. Yeah. yeah. And Christopher Lee's still like, Come on, young man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like he was he writes this in his book, you know. He's like, Come on then you know, he got his revenge, you know. Played the long game there. Yeah, thing is, he was being interviewed a few years back and he said this was about was it Colin Farrell yeah Colin Farrell was getting in trouble uh, drunk in the fight in Hollywood and uh, Christopher Lee was talking about it and he was saying look I play some of those evil characters in fiction and uh, you know I've, I've only had the one wife I don't go out late drinking I've not been in fights out there I've behaved myself and he says well look at all these other guys they're not going to have like half the movies I've got because they're always in trouble you see that we uh, Russell Crowe getting temporarily banned from the States. Uh, yeah. So like we Ollie Reed, they reckon Oliver Reed could have been the biggest, mm. biggest actor in history had it not been for two things. One of them, he's reluctance to go to the States, but I, I don't blame him on that. It's he tried it and it didn't work for him, but two is alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I just, well, I just whenever, whenever anybody says three musketeers, <clears> I'm, I'm transported back to Early, early days of Three yeah. Tears, black and white. Oh, yeah. Oh, Errol Fleming. Yeah, fuck yeah, me. Well, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. With yeah. Three Musketeers, that's a, that's, a, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. yeah. A big thing for me. With me, it was uh, Dog, Tanyan and the Three Musketeers. Yes! But yes! for some reason, they got Athos and Porthos, the names muddled up. Muddled up, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still weren't, though. It was actually closer to the, to the novel than... Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, most of the other uh, live action portrayals mm. and one of the reasons is uh, Count Rochford do you know there's a, a somebody's done a, a fan comic of uh-huh. that that's coming out soon Ooh. and it's loads of people's interpretations and memories uh-huh. of Dog Tanya yeah. and they've, they've, they've done uh, it's, they've got like eight or nine different Artist to do uh-huh. pictures and stories for it and put it all together. See so yeah. when it comes out, I'll, I'll grab you a when copy. You see, when you see the series, though, you kind of realise, yeah, they won't have that now because uh, you know there's a lot of drunk scenes. There's, yeah, a, there's some there killing is. in it. Yeah, there is. Uh, there's also uh, you know it's a flashback where loads of dogs get killed mm-hmm. by cannon fire. Yep. There's uh, bulges and all their crotches. They, they didn't pull their punches with it at all. No, no. They, they, they made a good job with no, it. That's why I liked it. of all that in there. That's why I liked it. Yeah. But it's, Kent Rochefort, he's he's the one of the main villains, but he's portrayed the way he is in the original. Mm. He's not the outright bad guy. He's got honour. He's just so happened to be sort of paid to be on uh, the Cardinal's side. Um, I, I don't know if you remember the very last episode. No. No, well, anyway... Um, uh, it's probably on YouTube. Uh, it's the best episode out of the whole I'm literally lot. a way to start watching it yeah. again. Because the first so and the last episodes are the best. Right. And uh, I like the portrayal of Count Rochefort in particular because he's, he's got on our... Uh, um, What's your feeling on uh, Man in the Iron Mask? I've not watched it. The Leo, a, lot of the other, a lot of the other versions I've seen, I've thought, nah. Leo, the Leo one's quite good, actually. But just, well, they, I think it's just purely because of who they got yeah. for... Um, you, you know where Count Rochefort got his eye patch from? From mm. Christopher Lee's version. 
No. Before that, that they never, he never had that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, in the original novel, he never had that. I never did, right enough. He yeah. became uh, he became friends with D'Artagnan, but uh, the first time they gave him an eye patch was Christopher Lee, so they could make him look more intimidating. Mm. But in reality, if he had an eye patch, he was a great swordsman. That would lessen his uh, yeah with his mm. skills. Well, not necessarily because he'd be more focused. If you you always when you sword when there's sword play afoot, <laughs> uh, you only you always focus. You know, with one, one, uh, one objective and one one sight kind of thing. So you'd maybe actually be. Um, I found it better with two eyes, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's just one of these things that they've done, and it's been carried on uh, all the way up to Mark Warren's portrayal in the series. Mm. Have you? Um, you've never you've never tried the the newer Musketeers, have you? Nah, no, I don't. No, there's a flying one. With these giant flying airships and steampunk stuff, and uh, well, well, that's so odd you say that, right? And the reason why, you know, like, do you ever get this? Like, you remember a scene from a film, uh-huh. and it's no in it. Yes. And you remember watching it. Yes. Mm. When I was a kid, I remember watching the the Musketeers with Oliver Reed, Richard Chamberlain, all those guys, and they were all in the inside of a huge airship. Right, crawling about inside it. Maybe a publicity shot. Cause they do that a lot for postcards. Well, I've never seen anything to refer to it. <laughs> but I just come in and you're talking about musketeers and airships, and yeah. I'm like, what? You've maybe yeah. just got the two of them. No, this goes back to the seventies. Oh right. I right. remember sitting watching it on telly. Mm-hmm. That's a weird one. I was saying, I was saying, have you ever, I was saying to Mike, have you ever seen the the, the man in the iron mask with Leo? No. I've seen the one with Richard Chamberlain. That was great. In the 70s. Man in Iron Mask, Richard I've Chamberlain. I've still not watched that. Yeah. I've still not watched that. And I don't see why, because it didn't have anything to do with the fucking Musketeers. I've been all over it like a laugh. Mm. Actually, so, this is why I was saying about the new one, about the new Musketeers, is because mm-hmm. obviously I saw three Musketeers. And mm. I thought, yes, I'm having that. And I lasted a I've tried it twice. I've lasted about twenty minutes max, and mm-hmm. fell asleep both mm-hmm. times. Can't, <laughs> I just can't do it. And then a friend of mine who, who I, very much both of us were, you know, when we were young kids going about with swords, going, mm-hmm. "How about you?" You know, it's like mm-hmm. properly given it musketeer style, uh, off and one, one for all, you know, together. Mm-hmm. And then he messaged me. Um, when it came out in the cinema and said, uh, here mate, just to give you a heads up, don't go to the cinema to go see Three Musketeers. I hadn't heard from them for years. I'm talking years. And I get this message saying, don't, don't bother going. <laughs> and I messaged him back and saying, no, but it's the Musketeers. He goes, no, that's not the Musketeers. <laughs> no way. He goes, the, the Musketeers is us playing it when we were in the park and watching the old... The old uh, Aeroflin films sitting it's sitting having tea, you know, it's like yeah. it's not fucking this this shite with me like you were bitch, no way. I like, I like uh, right. I like drawing the Cavaliers' outfits. Yeah. I think they wore brilliant outfits. Just it's like like when Cromwell fought the Cavaliers and you think, Yeah, I'd have probably been on the Cavaliers side. They're the ones that knew how to have fun. I'm telling you, see all those 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 old those, those kind of swashbuckling stories and whatnot. There, there needs to be more of them. 
because mm-hmm. uh, not new bullshit Hollywood yeah. versions. I'm talking yeah. just make them raw. Or ones with political or ideology just uh, agendas. Make, just fashion stuff. Make more theatre plays and stuff with them. You know what I mean? You need more of those stories. Mm. They're fantastic. I mean, even um, what do you call it? Count of Monte Cristo and stuff like that. Fucking oh, that's another film that I should have wrote down actually. <laughs> Well, next on my list is uh, jump from that genre. It's Bambi, because before I before I went to school, Bambi would have been my favourite film. Um, it's really like dear, uh, my my folks. Uh, well, I'm not sure about what context you guys are thinking of, but when I was uh, when I was a four year old, uh, um, we were in uh, we went to uh, the Netherlands and Belgium. And uh, outside one of the uh, places we were staying at, there was a fenced-off area mm. full of, uh, I think it was fallow deer, and young fallow deer, they're brown with uh, white spots, so it was mm. just like going to see them. I remember each morning I'd go out and uh, I'd just stand there and watch them, and I like Bambi. Uh, the next one on the list was uh, Muppets Christmas. Yep. Um, You're repeating yourself. Yeah, because uh, we've mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I thought you did Bambi before as well. Yeah, I mentioned it Bambi before. Yeah, it's right. It's actually the second yeah. one on his list. Right. You've looked around and gone back. Oh yeah, no, I'm going. What I'm doing is I'm going up the list. I'm going up the list. Ah, okay. So, uh, Master and Commander, um, Far Side of the World, I think was a, a good film. Oh mate. But Gladiator, <laughs> Gladiator was one of the best modern films, I think. Are you not entertained? I mean, to think, to have a That's film with Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, Richard Harris, and none other than Oliver Reed, all in the same film, and they managed to get the film done on time. Although, Oliver Reed did die on there. <laughs> yeah, he um, yeah. yeah, he, he outshined every single other pisshead on that film <laughs> completely. And... Uh, in fact, it's what Reed would probably have wanted. I've just got a, a line playing in my head now. Yeah. Of keep up, <laughs> young man. That's right. Yeah. Come on, come on. But, <laughs> the fact that he was still annoyed at them taking a mic at him. Yeah. Like, years, years later, he's like, "Ah oh, well, now who's laughing?" Yeah. I actually met. Range time. Go I on. Met, I met one of the stars from uh, Gladiator. Um, yes, Ahmed Jalili, the comedian. He played the slave trader. And he got his balls grabbed by uh, Ollie Reed, and I, I did ask him what it was like, and he said, you know, there was a, there was a story behind that. Uh, before that, he did, like, the uh, Mummy films, and... It is him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the production crew, he had Arab Idol, where he do, like, uh, belly flaps. When did you meet him? Uh, outside, uh, at one of the uh, performances he did stand-up comedy in Perth uh, Theatre. I think he's brilliant. And he actually, he, we actually wait outside and he goes and greets everyone who's waiting outside. And he's, I had, he's I had my photo taken with him, uh, had a conversation, and he said, for Arab Idol, the film crew, they always want to act really silly. So then some of the same guys were with uh, Gladiator, but he refused to do it. He says, no, no, I've had enough of that. So they were wanting to get the vengeance back on them. So there's a scene when, because uh, he obviously said something to Ollie Reed, so there's a scene where he's standing there and Ollie grabs him by the nuts. He actually did grab him by the nuts. And then they shout out, cut! And Oliver Jalili's just standing there and Ollie's still got his hands on his nuts. And then after a moment, he starts moving his fingers. 
Playing with his nuts. And and uh, and Jimmy Lee's like, he doesn't know what to do because he felt like this guy could squeeze him at any moment. And he felt this he's just a wee bit unpredictable. And then Ollie said, Ollie said, yeah, because he had a reputation for nude wrestling as well and getting it out in in public and having a tattoo on it. But then Ollie said, all over again, Jesus Christ. Ollie said, uh, you do realise this is a prank, don't you? After after two minutes of like fiddling his balls, balls, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's the story behind that. I like that guy. He was just recently in. the new Mamma Mia as well, and he's the funniest fucking person in it. I've he's seen, in it for all of about two minutes. I've seen Ahmed uh, three times. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. He just does. He has a wee bit where he's like the passport control, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there and he just keeps looking at them, looking back at the thing and looking at them, and he just goes, "Your hair, you've had it cut." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> you suited it longer." And that's it. Like that's what he said. It's funny. And then it, there's another bit later on. He's looking at him. He goes, "Your hair." You let it grow. It looks nice. <laughs> you know. That's brilliant. He's, well, only, he's got a wee cut scene at the end as well where he starts singing hey, Take a Chance on Me like to the camera. And he just, at the end of it, just goes, you can cut it any time, by the way. And he's like, if you change your mind, it just keeps singing. <laughs> Anyone remember Jewel of the Nile? Yeah. That's one of mine. I, I liked yeah. it more than Romancing the Stone. But I liked that film too. But I think Jewel of the Nile had that little bit beyond the uh, the first one. Plus, I'm a big fan of Danny DeVito. Um, Once Upon a Time in the West, which is one of uh, Sergio Leone's films. Uh, Ennio Morricone did the uh, soundtrack to it. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of stories that were shredded before the final story was agreed upon. It's one of Charles Bronson's best films. Um... Peter Fonda, no, Henry Fonda, uh, Jason Robarts, and I uh, forget her name, uh, it's not Jacqueline, uh, ah, terrible, she's still active as well as an oh. actress, uh, the French lady, uh, no, no, that was the one in Bullet, uh, oh, Bullet. Oh, Bullet's a film that I haven't put down here, yeah, Bullet and the French Connection, those are two fantastic films, uh, both of them had... Um, uh, special effects, uh, not special effects, the racing scenes were by a man called Bill Hickman. Mm-hmm. Not Bill Hicks, but Bill Hickman. And you see him in Bullet, he's the guy with the glasses driving. He was a fantastic stuntman. And he, he for the French connection, because he'd already done Bullet, he was like, all right, so what do I do beyond that? Okay, I'll chase a train. So he ended up chasing a train, but the thing is, it's not a set they're doing it on, it's the actual Brooklyn street. Yeah. So they had to clear the scene after before the real police come. <laughs> Even though they had the real Popeye Doyle and Cloudy with them, they were like, yeah, we better not get in trouble and explain this. French, <coughs> French Connection. It was it was good. I've never sat and watched the sequel, but the first one. And they really were like that. So I got um, one of my... Uh, Can't yeah, one of my... And Roy Schneider. The fuck is happened to him? Uh, well, he's not active, but Roy Schneider passed away... Uh, a while back. Yeah, but what happened to Gene Hackman? I'm not sure. I think he's enjoying his retirement, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, he stopped working, anyway. what the fuck? Because he was always great. Yeah. Him. He was a brand. Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Fucking brilliant. And then it's just like, no, nah, done now. Yeah. It's almost like, go <coughs> fuck yourself. Mm. I think something's happened. He's always been a bit of a prick anyway, but... 
I think something's happened where somebody's pissed him off and he's just went, nah, I'm not having this anymore. <laughs> Could be. Mm. You tend to find a lot of the time that people that do that, that is the case. I mean, look at Connery. He just got Connery. sick of being <clears throat> pissed off by Hollywood yeah. and just being sort of chucked from pillar post and he's just went, ah, fuck this. <laughs> and anybody's asked him to come back and even do like a cameo and something, he's went, show up your arse. Which I think is great. He doesn't really need to, really. No, he doesn't. He's, he's, got, his castle, he's got his castle yeah. on the fucking highland somewhere and that's it. He's disappeared. Yeah. I think he's got, he's, he used to be Oprah Winfrey's neighbour on that celebrity-only island in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, oh, they did uh, ask him back for ND4, didn't they? Like, if he'd wanted to be in it, he yeah. would have been in it. Yeah, but he's been asked for loads of stuff. He he got asked to do a cameo in... James, uh, uh, Skyfall. Yeah, because yeah. they wanted to they wanted to cement the oh, fact that yeah. it was a code name. They wanted to say, like, you come back and say that you were Bond once. Because well, they did it up in Scotland mm. at one point. They said, you come back, blah, 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 and he just went, fuck off. Yeah, because the gamekeeper there had a striking resemblance to Sean Connery. Right. I thought he got it was someone that looked like him. Yeah, but I thought it was hilarious. Like that apparently that was his genuine reaction when yeah. they said was he he turned and went fuck off. And it was like yeah, it would be more like fuck off. Yeah. Oh no, it was just like straight out right. right. Fuck off. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and they they sort of said, oh no, be reasonable. And he's like, fuck off. Goodbye. <laughs> End of conversation. <laughs> that, that was just his agent. <laughs> You don't want to know what Sean Connery said. I said, fuck off. Um, next on my list, I have one of my favourite trilogies, The Dollars. Just like uh, just like um, Once Upon a Time in the West, it's uh, Nino Morricone and mm-hmm. Sergio Leone. I absolutely Same love track. these films. They're absolutely fantastic. But like Indiana Jones, it's a hero who's killed more people than all the villains put together. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, you're still not sure whether he's a good guy or not. Uh, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly, by the way, is a prequel to the other two. Right. That's why he doesn't have his uh, poncho until the very end when he takes it from the dying soldier, or the dead soldier at that point. Right. And uh, uh, also Lee Van Cleve plays two different characters. He plays uh, Colonel Mortimer, the hero, in A Few Dollars More, but he plays Angel Eyes, the villain, in uh, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. And the fantastic actor who's underappreciated, Mario Voltaire, plays the main villains in both the first two films. Right. But they're different characters. One is Ramon, who's like your, your sort of jock guy, loves his hunting and all that. The second is El Eno, who's insane drug addict, madly in love with one of the, uh, uh, the sister of uh, Colonel Mortimer. Did you ever watch The Good, The Bad and The Weird? No, I didn't. It's a good film. But just by hearing the title, I wish I did. Yeah, it's really good. It's just, it's the good, the bad and the ugly, but uh, I think it's like a Korean version or something like that. Oh, is this, there's one where they speak pidgin English and it sounds cringy. No. And I, I sort of wish they spoke in Japanese. No, no, I think no. it was a Japanese one, this one. No, it's, um, what's his name? I think it's the same guy that did, um... I want to say it's the same director that did uh, Snowpiercer and uh, I've Ghost. seen Snowpiercer. One of the few people in this country, apparently, who's Ho- seen Snowpiercer. Ho- Ho-Ching Bo or something, I can't remember his name. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've seen Snowpiercer. I saw it at the cinema in the, Ed- in the Emirates. You know, somebody's done a, a video where they've, they've done a, a, a crazy theory. And they actually say at the start, it's like, this is just my, this is just my silly theory. 
He's like, well, it's a theory that Willy Wonka and Snowpiercer are linked. Now, see, when you actually see the 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 connections he makes with it, you go, fucking hell, that could be like that could actually be a sequel to Willy Wonka. And it's just the way he puts it. He's like, um, there's like bits where like spaces within the train only fit small children and he's like well that's because when he first made the train it was the Oompa Loompas but the Oompa Loompas have died now so now it only fits small children I'm like fuck that makes sense you know what I mean like there's loads of bits he's tied it and he's like this person could actually be Farouk Assault this person could actually be what's his puss because he's good at Augustus Galoop no what's his name Mike TV Mike TV he's like this guy could be Mike TV because he's got a propensity for weapons and the only time you see him is on a television and I'm like fucking hell like this is this is good and it's like it's yeah. you know it's I'm just, surprised it was never released on cinema here I'll say that if I find that theory video it's yeah. really good and the guy at the start actually says he's like it's just he goes it's just daft and he's like I know it's stupid mm. he's like but I can't stop thinking about the similarities between yeah. these two and he's like it's oh he's like, I love it yeah, if you've not seen it the main star is Chris Evans with a beard uh, Captain America with a beard but the amount of British actors in there I'm surprised it was never released here it's like uh, Ewan Brewer from Trainspot yeah. and uh, Tilda Swinton's in it yeah. uh, with an extreme working class accent yeah. uh, John Hurt one of his yeah, last John, films yeah John Hurt's in it as well yeah um, well yeah um, Yojimbo is on my list yeah. the uh, film that um, for a few dollars uh, is based on Although Yushimbo itself borrows from the Dashiell Hammett novel Red Harvest, which I've read before. It's where all this anti-hero comes from, is from this novel, Red Harvest. Its original setting is not cowboy, it's not samurai, it's 1920s uh, prohibition era. Um, Then I've got a film called Two Brothers, which was about two tigers. Oh yeah, yeah. It was was quite a while ago, this one. uh, Showing you some of the some of the tragic things people used to do with uh, to, to tigers in the past, and these oh, two documentary. Uh, no, it's um, it's dramatised. But the main stars are, of course, the two tri- uh, tigers. Guy Pearce is in it as the hunter, oh, okay. who sort of changes his his view at the at the end of it. Um, there's always a sort of will they won't they survive element mm-hmm. to it. Uh, if you've not seen it, I do recommend it. Fucking hell, Mike. <laughs> oh, sugar. I didn't realise. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I'll yeah, put Valley of the Glanges, which I'm repeating myself is in there. I said Reservoir Dogs earlier as well. Labyrinth with David Bowie. When yeah. Jim Henson yeah. died, he never saw it become a success. Yeah. It didn't do too well in the cinema. Even though I watched it at the cinema. Um, afterward, it became big cult. Success. At least David Bowie lived to see it be a success. Bowie had uh, a hand double for all the the ball stuff. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. a world cup. Oh, read, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the bits when he's lying down. <laughs> he did have a big enough cord piece for it, right? Is <laughs> <laughs> that no one of the puppets? Uh, um, that was uh, some world cast class juggler or something he's a guy that actually teaches a lot of other jugglers how to how to do ball tricks he uh, juggled the baby in one scene while he's singing he chugged the baby up and yeah. a puppet caught it that film I don't think holds up oh I haven't seen it since 
I've, I've watched it. I've watched it since. And went, Jennifer Connelly. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, that was insidious. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it. It might be one of those films like what you were saying earlier. I thought it was great. Maybe if I watched it now, it might yeah. not be. But I, from my memory, it was an enjoyable film. It's good, but it just, it's a bit of a slog now these days. Uh, uh, I've got a James Bond film in here, Goldfinger. Although I really like Skyfall and Casino Royale, I think Goldfinger still sets the standards. <coughs> Do you know what I like? License to Kill. Mm. Well, what's the one when he... Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. When he, the... he, says, he says he's string order in the most aggressive way possible. He says a dry martini, but instead of saying shaken, not stirred, he goes shaken, not stirred. <laughs> He's so fucking angry. He I just remember him. Watch the bird, yeah. you bastard. <laughs> I remember watching that going, fucking hell. That's the only one that's a 15. Yeah. It's the only one that's a 15. I remember at the end, because he goes on the run. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to it now. He's like, I'm going to go and do this and they're like no Bond go back to London blah 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 and he's like no fuck you lot and he, and he like and they're shooting at him and I'm in it but I like this this is good he's the yeah. rebel now and it, and it doesn't as I remember it doesn't get sorted out at the end of that film he's still on the run yeah and so I remember thinking oh the next one oh but then nothing happened and then he was Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan and, yeah. and he was a good guy it was Pierce Brosnan I was going to say it was Piers Brosnan and he was jumping off the dam with these British Yeah, it went, it went, I remember that one started and it was like 10 years ago and I thought no 10 years ago he was he was Roger Moore <laughs> was someone with uh, Christopher Walken well that's the golden gun isn't it no that's uh, uh, that's uh, Christopher Lee but there's Christopher Walken no, oh Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee yeah that's, that's a beautiful with, uh, Christopher uh, Walken yeah Christopher Walken was the main villain in one of them Christopher Lee's one this is the one with three nipples in Yes, yeah, it's kind of angry. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. I'm not sure what that added to the actual uh, story, but... <laughs> but you're still talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got... I've got, okay. Uh, I've got Persepolis in my list. Again, it's another one that's based on a real uh, real, in, a real person. I've chucked in Finding Nemo, because that's one of my favourite of the Pixar ones. Right. Wasn't that keen on the sequel. Uh, another animated one, but this time a British one, is Animal Farm. I'm not talking about oh, porn, I'm talking about the... Uh, well, so what a, what a conspiracy behind that saying it was uh, funded by the CIA. and They had to change the uh, the ending as well, which I didn't like uh, the idea, because the book or had the ending... Yeah, the book had the ending with them looking through the window not being able to tell the pigs from the humans. Yeah. Uh, but they, they wanted the the capitalist side to win in the animation so they had them storming the uh, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the meeting yeah, yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> Orwell just doesn't do it for me it just reads like I, I realised at the time when it was it, it was all written it was totally different and you know way ahead of its time and all this kind of jazz but it just reads like it fuels all the fucking paranoid everybody's out to get you bullshit oh. artists like are they folk that just are constant? Oh, everything's fucking watching you, blah, blah. Like Orwell's like their hero, and I just go fuck off. Like, like, oh, load of shite. Load of shite. My favourite. Hate it. Hate the film. Hate the book. Oh, hate man. everything about it. Oh dear. It's one of my pal's favourites as well. Oh, he absolutely adores it. Yeah, I just can't. Orwell just doesn't do it for me at all. I think it's because of Animal Farm. 
I, I did a study on animal right. farm when I was at school. school. So did yeah. I. School will ruin it for you. No, it wasn't that. It was just, like, even reading into the themes and everything, I was like, fucking hell. Like, I know life's shite. Yeah, this is fucking life written, personified on a page through the lens of some animals and whatnot. I get it. But fucking go over it. Fucking hell, it happens everywhere. It happens all the time. Just yeah. shut the fuck up. And yeah, it's like, it's, it's a paranoid schizophrenic manual. Effectively, and uh, just Orwell in general, but oh. Animal, Animal Farm as well. You know, that's always they're out to get you. Fucking watch them. It's, mm. I just thought uh, they're always out to fucking beat you down. And, oh, I just I can't. Mm. Every time I hear somebody mention Animal Farm, I'm just like, oh fucking. What if you thought that if you were watching the porn version? <laughs> it's a it's another legendary uh, one, but. Okay. <laughs> It's usually thought of because of tragic incidents <laughs> happening in that one. Anyway. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, uh, I'm almost <laughs> done with my list. Uh, La Haine, uh, we were talking about foreign uh, comics. This one's a French film set in the uh, ghettos of Paris. It's uh, three um, teenagers, they come across a gun during a riot. And that kind of changes everything. So they're trying to battle for their own uh, supremacy uh, in, uh, <clears throat> in in France, and it, mm. it kind of touches upon the same with the the American film Juice with Tupac Shakur. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that is a pretty uh, pretty good film as well. Um, also, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood was a fantastic film. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Cuba Gooding Jr. Ice Cube. Yeah, I strongly it. recommend if you've to watch any any um Los Angeles African American gangster film, Boys in the Hood. I is saw that fantastic. It's network T V premiere about three months ago. Yeah? Yeah. What? It was on channel five and it went network T V premiere. So it's obviously never been it's shown. Just never been shown. It's it's actually been shown, uh, I'm not sure. Shown. Yeah, I mean, the film's been out since 1992. Yeah, but sometimes they've just done a show. <coughs> yeah, it might not have been on telly right now. It was a hot, you know, it was hot stuff in the film. Like, it's uh, network television, yeah. doesn't necessarily network mean TV, that it yeah. hasn't been on cable TV or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, um, uh, Crocodile Dundee, the first one, which is essentially a love film, one of the few love films I'm, I've been <laughs> all right about. I mean, last... Last of the Mohicans. That was another one that's a love film that I see. I, I see it's acceptable because there's plenty of slaughter in there. Really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but I prefer I prefer that film over the novel. And the reason why is Magwar, the main villain in the novel, he's just there to be the bad guy. But in the film, they give him a reason to hate to hate Monroe mm. because uh, you know he's, Monroe killed his son. Um, he lost his wife. His wife thought he was dead and went off with another man. That sort of thing. Studio <clears throat> uh, Ghibli again. Castle of Cagliostro. My favourite of the Lupin films. Mm. Um, now another British animation. Watership Down. And it celebrates its 40th anniversary this year. Uh, it was released in 1978. The same year I was born. And it's not... For the faint-hearted, there's often a lot of controversy and debate as to what rating this film has. Yeah. In Scandinavia, it's been rated 15. 
in this country it's sometimes been rated as uh, universal but with a sort of PG sometimes on it. Um, the rabbits, uh, Richard Adams, before he wrote the novel, read up about rabbit biology. So he knew about all the gory things that they have to go through in life. So he put that in and he, he named all the rabbits, well most of the rabbits, after things like flowers and trees. So there's hazel, there's blackberry, uh, but there's also ones like bigwig. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, quite a popular one. Um, and thankfully they've not done a remake of that film-wise, although there was a TV series at one point which was coming. bizarre. Yeah. Um, Easy Rider, um, one of my... Another favourite of mine. Also, trilogies again. Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. Big Back to the Future fan. Um, Godzilla fan as well. There's, uh, I'm not sure which Godzilla film I would pick as my favourite. Um, although Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah in 1993 is a pretty good one. Mm. But they banned that in the States. I remember you said. Yeah. Is that the one with the time travel in that? Yeah. <clears throat> that was a good one. That was insane. Because it shows yep. somebody winning or something like that. Um, it showed... The it Americans sh in an unfavourable yeah, way. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So it, they never... They, they banned it, yeah. which is bizarre. Um, I've, got, I've got a mecha uh, Ghidorah. In the end. Figure. Oh, have you? Huh? Oh, fantastic. It's got one of the heads as a robot. Yeah, the middle one. Because in that film, Godzilla tears off. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I've mentioned Gremlins before. Another Japanese film is Battle Royale. I went yep. to watch that in uh, Panton Street. That's the uh, cinema in London that does the um, uh, foreign independent films. Mm -hmm. It was pretty brutal for its time, and I've read the novel. I've, I've watched. I've read the uh, the uh, manga. Uh, the film has a lot of changes in it, but it's still pretty good and yeah. pretty raw to this day. Um, out of the comic book films, I liked Spider-Man 2 with uh, Doc Ock. I thought that was good. Uh, yep. uh, Batman Returns, I'm a, a fan of. Uh, uh, Michelle win. Pfeiffer completely controlled <laughs> my uh, hormones at that age. I was 14 at the time. <laughs> Fantasia, Disney film, I, I would say is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, the original Fantasia. Uh, really How many have you got? I'm, at, I'm almost at the end. I've just got two more films after Fantasia. Uh, I, th I think earlier in this discussion, you got that bit of paper and there was nothing on that. Bit I did, of paper. and I wrote down the favourite films in my You've head because Nando, Nando had a list of films, and I was like, right, I'm going to put a list just in case I forget half the ones I'm going to say. And you didn't forget. No, I, I would have forgotten if I didn't have this like uh, weapon uh. in me. So yeah, Fantasia. Let the, um, record, let the record show. I did the top ten. <laughs> you can pick ten from what I've said. Um, with, with Fantasia though, uh, it was the intention was always to have it an ever-changing thing. So it'll be released every few years with a new segment. And that never happened. Mm. And Igor Stravinsky, the guy who did The Rite of Spring, he was the only composer alive at the time. He was living in communist Russia, which means he couldn't make any money from it. Disney sent him a message saying... Ha uh ha. -huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically, it was like, uh, we're planning to do this film. This is what we want to do. We want to take your music. Um, we're asking you friendly in a manner... Uh, but even if you refuse, you have no power over us and we will use that anyway. 
Uh, that's pretty much what the letter said. And Stravinsky, living in the communist Russia, had no power over them because they couldn't get money from doing classical music. Disney did invite him over and he came to the studios to see how it was being made and all that. So I suppose that's a bit of a happy ending to that. Uh, yeah. The second film in my list is Jurassic Park, the original. And I wish that they didn't do any sequels. Just left it at that. The first half of Jurassic Park is actually a science lesson. Uh, the second half is when the dinosaurs escape. But my favourite film of all time, um, I don't think any of you would really know what that is. There's the initials, I don't know. W-F-R-R. Who framed Roger Rabbit? You lucky bastard. <laughs> that is my all-time favourite film. Lucky? Yeah, because I don't know if anyone else would have got that. No, I might have. Kind of, you know. no, you you might take me a couple of minutes, but I would have got that. Yeah. Right, so. yeah. That, that, oh, brilliant then. You've probably mentioned it. I probably have yeah. several times. Yeah. Probably, if you went back on the podcast and listened mm. to every single message, you'll hear a conversation like, yeah, Submariner could beat the Namor any time. I like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's my favourite <laughs> film of all time. No, the one I the one I always remember is you talking about the the rhyme that he gives at the very end when he's oh, jumping off the walls. That doesn't rhyme with nose, no, but this does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you spoke about that quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I liked Eddie Valiant's character. He he was like the uh, the Harvard detective. He was similar to the man with no name, mm. just not as Mass murdery. Well, but Roger was Roger was funny. Uh, I don't know if I've sent you the uh, the link or sent anyone the link. Uh, someone in England has done a fan cartoon of what Roger's like now, and it's like full of eighties characters. Uh, they're all like penniless or they're working in terrible jobs. Uh, well, he man's actually doing quite well for himself. It's uh, it's quite quite a bit of a laugh. This. Uh, I might, I might just uh, uh, entertain you all. Maybe uh, next time when I'm on the email, I'll send you all the link to it. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm not going to tell you what happens in it. Oh, yeah. No spoiler. No. Um, well, lads, I'm going to have to wrap up in a sec because I'm going to have to get to my bed. So, yes. oh, oh my goodness, I, I, I'm so sorry for. Uh, maybe next time we have to make it top ten films and tell me top ten. Well, maybe top ten. Yeah, exactly. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was top ten. I never looked at the. I never, I've seen the email Mate. like uh, about uh, about four or five days ago. So <laughs> if I'd known top ten, I would have just like. Uh, I don't know. I, I, what I can do, I'll. I'll uh, I'll write down the top ten for you and you can sort of like... <laughs> oh no, I've got the list, it's alright. Uh, right, sir. Have you got your top ten list? Oh, have we got time to... <laughs> oh yeah, just crack it. Okay. Uh, I'll... Thanks for that top ten, Mike. I'll, <laughs> I'll do mine now. <laughs> I've just made it about 14 and I thought it was been cheeky. <laughs> No wonder you guys were in tears shaking oh, your heads. That's why I went through mine so quickly. That's why I went through mine so quickly. <laughs> and I said, that's my number 10. Right, oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with 2001 A Space Odyssey, which has been mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I think every film's been mentioned. Right. <laughs> Fucking everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you have any left? But I, do. Uh, I, I, I saw that when I was a kid and I was... Uh, 
I thought it was so boring, but I, I couldn't have stopped watching it. It was, it was fascinating to me. And I like the way the entirety of human history is in, in the film in an off cut. You know? mm -hmm. Like the whole of uh, civilization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, next I'm going to go Amadeus Ooh. with Tom Hulse. One of my absolute favourites. Love it. Great film about understanding music itself. Yeah. Understanding that he was a genius mm -hmm. and yet crude. He says, I am crude, but my music is not. Something like that. And he loves <laughs> fat jokes. And, <laughs> no, that's... Uh, Before Sunrise. Oh, amazing. Uh, discovered that on telly one night. Um, it was in the middle of it and they just got on the bus and started talking and, yep. and the conversation quickly went deep and I was like, what's this? Just Are you a fan stuff. of the Before Trilogy? Yeah, I am, yeah. I've not watched the other two. Ah, see, now that's interesting because you like the first one, of course. Yeah. And, and the way it ends is, like, perfect. And really, they should have never made any more. Right, okay. Because... It's like, what is it? It's like, we'll, we'll meet, mm -hmm. we'll meet in the f at a certain time. Yes. And it, uh, But they don't decide that right to the end. Mm -hmm. They've been feeling like they weren't going to, they were just going to enjoy their time and then yeah. go their separate ways. And then right at the end, it's just, no, no, I don't want to do that. We'll meet. Yeah. And then it ends. And it's like, it should have been in your mind, you decide whether they ever met or met not. Met or not, yeah. Uh, but then having said that, they did then go and make these and are good, the other ones. But is it not a case of they do end up together and then... Well, there you go. That's the answer, isn't it? And then the divorce or something like that. What, what's funny is that the... Well, I don't know. You, the, the meeting, the second one. Right. And in that one, they didn't make the meeting. Oh, and right. They, and them meeting 10 years later is the first time. Oh, and okay. they've still not forgotten each other, even though they've not... Right. And so they've had a bit of life and things and... Uh, and then the third one again is 10 years and they've been together those 10 years Yeah. and now they're talking through that so um, right okay what, what's funny is when I watched the first one I, I really liked the I sort of related to the character uh, Ethan Hawke plays and then I watched it again and I thought no I didn't relate to him anymore because he's yeah. like a young guy and I watched the later ones and I relate to that guy now so that's an interesting And process. that's what the whole thing is with them, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's going through with life. the characters. Yeah. Okay, next, Blade Runner. I've got to mention that. Mm -hmm. To me, it's an absolute favourite. Watched it a million times. Love the music, love everything. Okay, next one is an definitely started as an offshoot of my Star Wars fandom. Because... Mm -hmm. It's a Mark Hamill film, Corvette Summer. Okay. Now, that was on telly like 10 years after it came out, and I recorded it. What was the one with the white ape? Was that? The white ape. Yeah, there was one where he had a, a white ape. He went into a fantasy land. Mark Hamill, it's a young Mark Hamill after Star Wars, and he saw, uh, he saw this white gorilla was one of the main characters that was his friend. And there's a swordsman in there, and there's all sorts of random characters appeared wow. out of nowhere. That's not a thing to me, man. No, lost me. I'll have to look it up, because it used to be repeated on telly quite a few times. Mm. 
Uh, but it was the beginning of Mark Hamill sort of becoming typecast as that young hero. Uh, but after that, he, he didn't get any work uh, for a while. See, I remember him in the big red one, the the, the war movie. Um, that was that was quite intense. Lee Marvin was in that. Really? Yeah, Sam Fuller. So Corvette Summer was a film I watched, and it it kind of coincided with me at that leaving school age, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was watching this film on video a million times, uh, wondering what the hell I was doing with my life, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was a kind of a fantasy thing that I would watch, mm -hmm. and he was in Vegas, and you know he. He met Annie Potts in it and fell in love with her and all this, and, mm -hmm. and he drifted from job to job. And I just thought, I want to, I'll go want to go and live there. I want yeah, to go yeah. with my Annie Potts and her van and, and all this. So it's still a film that if I've got an afternoon off, I'm like, I'm putting cord cuts on. Yeah. You know, I just love it. It's got all that cheesy seventies funk music in it. <laughs> Do the right thing, Spike Lee. Mm. Absolutely love Do the Right Thing. Just such a powerful film to me, and showed it a ho that whole side of life, you know. Spikely joint. Spikely joint, and I just love it. And the music's so good. He, it's funny because I think he just uses all his dad's music that his dad's written anyway, and shoves it in the film. Yeah. But it's somewhat it's so perfectly yeah. done, and and you know, of course, there's it's been the, the one bit out of the film has been highlighted since the black. Panther movie and, and and that wacky scene in the middle yeah. where they're like hey we eat pizza Black Panther eats pizza we eat pizza Boy. and I always thought that was amazing because one they had Black Panther in a yeah, film comic yeah, exactly. and then Black Panther never ate pizza in the, in the comic <laughs> so it was like I, I remember watching and just I was loving the film anyway but that was so wild that <gasps> Black Panther eat pizza we eat pizza boy okay then I've got It's a Wonderful Life I've mentioned that oh, already yeah. love it so good. Uh, Life Aquatic, we touched on that. That's fine. Oh, okay. And now I've got oh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck, Cher. Oh, you see Moonstruck, you see Cher, you love Cher. Oh, it's not Cher and Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, she was good in that as well. Moonstruck. That was kind of the same time. Mm. Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage uh, and Cher. That's great fun. See, when I think of Cher, I think of Mask. Yes, that was after what Mask. A fucking film. Moonstruck was the one that they threw an Oscar out for him. Oh, for really? It. And uh, oh, there's such good scenes in that. Nicolas Cage just falls in love with him immediately. Yeah. I love films where he just falls, yeah. just falls in love. That's her in the front cover, isn't it? Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I love it. I love that film. That's another one. Do you know, I spent about three filming centuries trying to get my wife to watch that and she, she's mm -hmm. got no time for this sort of long comms but finally and she liked that so. <laughs> well that's a good thing but it's a, the thing the, the thing I always think is Nicolas Cage and and she's going to be she's engaged to Nicolas Cage's brother right and then she has a, a fling with Nicolas Cage and she gets up the next day and she's like this this is a mistake this can never happen this no and then next is like, just like, we've got to never see each other again. And he's like, well, I can't do that. And she's like, well, why not? She says, I'm in love with you. And she just looks and goes, and slaps him. <laughs> Snap out of it! Uh, she goes like, slap, and then slap again, you know. 
He's like, can I help? I'm a lovely that's it now. You know, I love that. that yeah. t- that's that's brilliant. Okay, number ten. Now Napoleon Dynamite. Mate, I love it. Tom, I know you've it. said before it's a no for you. Yeah, it's a no from me. But I love it, and it's another one. Every time I watch it, I like it all the more. It's got Jamaica in it. It's got that song in it, yeah. Yep. That album sucked. That was the only. He went downhill quick, in my estimation. He did two. He did a it's great virtual, album. It's virtual insanity, not that. That's the third mm. album. That's what it is, yeah. Oh, the Can't Eat was the, the next one. The fourth one was like Space Odyssey yeah. or something. It came yeah, in 2001. Space, Space and that, that was the one that sucked big time. Yeah, yeah it was. There was nothing on it. That was starting to go downhill. Yeah. And then he started to do weird stuff after that. It got too much disco. No one else yeah. Punk. A lot of disco. Actually, his most recent thing was all electronic. And I liked that. It wasn't a Jamiroquai like. It wasn't. But it was still good. I did like it. I do have it right enough. Yeah. Him on the front. He's got the light up head. Right. I've got uh, <coughs> I've got another one here that's a personal favourite that I just happened to catch on telly, Channel Four on a Sunday, and it's called Dream One. Yeah. And it's also called Nemo sometimes. It's got two different names, and in it is Jason Connery, Matilda May. Harvey Keitel, and it's like a fantasy mad film, and it's kind of based on both Nemo mm-hmm. uh, and also Little Nemo in Slumberland, and it kind of mixes both of them up, right. and it's just a crazy film. But again, probably about the same time as the Corvette Summer Love Affair mm-hmm. started, also recorded that and got away. Yeah. Okay, Steakout, Richard Dreyfuss, nice. Emilio Estevez, nice. love it, so funny, so witty. Not seen it, I'm afraid. It's a classic, man, to me it is. Planet of the Apes, you mentioned that, mm. love that to bits. No Way Out, Kevin Costner, Gene Hartman, Sean Young. Now, Sean Young is the reason I watched this. I was talking to somebody about Blade Runner, Sean Young, and they went, if you like Sean Young, watch No Way Out. No Way Out. And I went, okay, that was the whole reason I watched it. And I really like it. I think Kevin Costner's great in it. He's one of them. I just I can't. He, he's become something since then. No, even before then. Even I before just, then. Yeah, no. the, the Kevin Costner's not for me. Have you seen No Way Out? No. But he, Give like, that a try. But I can't. I really okay. can't. I it's it's, it's Matt Damon for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time, yeah. Kevin, Co- Kevin Costner and Dennis Quaid. That's oh, man, one. Dennis Quaid. I like him as well. That's another Have one. Have you seen Enemy Mine? Sci-fi, it's good. He's stuck on a planet where, like, one of the the, the enemy creatures, the two of them crash land, and he, and they have this to get they have bells. to go on. It's like mid eighties. This is ringing bells. Yeah, it's man. good. Lou Gossett Jr. I watched something that Dennis Quaid was in not that long ago. I actually didn't mind the rest of the film, but because mm. he was in it, it brought it down mm. right there. Oh. And I went, "Fuck." He was in that remake of Flight of the Phoenix. See, yeah. Flight of the Phoenix was another really good film, but they, they decided to make a remake of it, and Dennis Quaid was the main star. Right, I'm going to throw in Office Space as well. Yes. Oh. Because I love that. Watched that a million times and always enjoy it. My dream, of, my dream of doing nothing. It's not just about me and my dream of doing nothing. This is Spinal Tap music, mm-hmm. rock me mentally. This goes up to it. Love it. It's so funny. 
so great. There's a million more. Mm. Uh, I'll stop there. We don't want a million more. I'll throw in best superhero, Superman, as we said. Yeah. And also best comic movie for me is American Splendor. Thank you. No more said. Hitchcock. Deliverance. The Birds. Flash Gordon. <laughs> American <laughs> Splendor. Good show. Well, to me, it's 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 got the story of the comic in it. Mm-hmm. it. It shows you bits of the comic in it, yep. and then bits of the comic are acted out. Harvey Picard is in it. Mm-hmm. You're getting all the different levels. Anyway, very good. Thank you. Mm. Dirty Harry. Just fucking hell, my I've, I've never seen Dirty Harry film. Uh, the first one's the first one's worth it, but the rest. It's like Death Wish. You see the first one. The first one makes it, but. To send us any comments or questions or just to say hello, you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thatcomicsmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube and most other places you find podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam. And you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp. For the record, I that probably could come up with an actual top ten, but um, my apologies for uh, that was the, the misunderstanding. <laughs> I didn't know when that was going to end. You should have given me. You should have told me. <laughs> there was a point where I was needing a loo, and I thought I'll wait. I'll wait till Mike's done. <laughs> Fuck you! And then never half an hour later, I looked, and I think at one point you pointed. And your finger was exact. There was a big list, three big lists, and your finger was in the middle, yeah. in the middle list. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going for the wee. <laughs> <laughs> oh.